0: Greetings all, Andy Dukes here and prepared to be inspired by my latest guest, Prazit Apibunya, a Thai guy with a taste for adventure, love of GS BMWs, and a desire to show you all the best parts of Southeast Asia. He's got plenty of stories too, so join me now for one night in Bangkok with a great guy who once got on his bike and rode all the way to BMW Motorrad days, just for the hell of it. Good morning, Prazit. Good evening, Prazit, where you are in Bangkok. Finally, after about 70 podcasts, I've finally got you on Ride & Talk. So, welcome all the way from Thailand.
1: Thank you, Andy. Uh, it's It's my pleasure to join you.
0: Now, I'm sure I've pronounced your family name wrong many times in the past and also in my introduction. So, can you please tell me how I should have said it? Oh well,
1: it depends. If you're a foreigner, then you're gonna say one thing. But you're local Thai, then you pronounce it differently. The Thai pronunciation is punya. but the, most Europeans, ever since ten years old, all my foreigner friends was always say
0: "aphipunya." okay. Yes, of course. Yeah, very good. No matter. Everyone just knows you as Prazit, and you probably don't know this, mate, but you were one of the major factors in influencing me to plan my own round-the-world adventure of a lifetime a few years ago. So let me just explain for the listeners a minute, because we first came into contact in 2015, I believe, when I met you at BMW Motor Days in Garmish. Now, you'd ridden overland all the way from Bangkok to get there, and the idea to that you just got on your bike in Thailand and kind of just kept riding until you arrived with Germany. Well, that stayed with me. So what exactly inspired you to do that huge trip in the first place? To present myself
1: in this industry, would be quite difficult because when you look at all these people in different agencies who are running the tour company, for example, BMW Motorrad Tour UK, Edelweiss in Austria and then Globebuster, all of them have extremely high profile of their experience before they can run the tour. The only way that I could achieve that type of uh, experience and reputation, then I have to start to do something. That's why I came up with a trip from Thailand to go to Garmisch. And it took me only one one year before I decided I'm going to do it. And it just so happened that BMW has a factory two year earlier before I went, so I figured that F800 that was uh, just recently released in Thailand, I would order one and then ride one from Thailand to Germany as a, as a BMW riders to attend the BMW garbage Motorrad Days in 2015.
0: Yeah, brilliant. I mean, that was such a fantastic idea, and all the pieces were really falling into place, weren't they? So, tell me what route you chose and why you chose it, because I believe there was a fair amount of riding through China, wasn't there?
1: Oh, I did three weeks in China because uh, it's quite well. There's quite a few roads that you can choose how to get to Europe, but uh, uh, quite a few. There's a few restrictions that I have to. Face because we are, I hold Thai passport. The restriction in terms of visa.
0: Yeah, sounds pretty complicated. It's
1: always complicated, but it depends.
0: And it always costs money.
1: Everything costs money with motorcycle.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about this route then and why you chose it. I chose it
1: because it's the easy, direct route to go to Europe with the minimal complication application of visa to go through because I'm so lucky lucky that I hold Thai passport. Thai passport allows me to go through Mongolia, Russia without having to apply for any visas and I have 30-day both places and China visa is quite easily obtained by Thai passport because we're neighboring countries. It makes it much easier to make arrangements and we can, I can stay in China more than 30 days. And with previous experience in China, it makes it easy to adapt to the style of Chinese uh, roads. So I decided to do Thailand, Laos, China, Mongolia, and then Siberia, Russia, and head west on the way to Moscow and uh, St Petersburg and then once I arrive in St Petersburg I'm already at the door into Europe entry via Estonia which mean I need to only apply for three visas Schengen visa for Europe and China visa
0: ah oh, superb yeah I can I can see why that makes sense now and Just hearing you talk about some of those countries uh, yeah kind of fills me with envy because uh, some of those places are are a mystery to many of us and while you were born in Thailand I think you were educated a little bit in China and the USA weren't you so I guess this gives you a pretty unique perspective on people and places you're you're probably not afraid to go anywhere are you Prazit
1: not not really since I was 10 I already had an opportunity to go overseas From Thailand, hometown, to Hong Kong. And then a couple of years later, I moved to the United States in Seattle. And I I stayed there until when I was 25 and then moved back. You know, being in different places around the world doesn't really create any fear for me.
0: So how long did the trip take in total and how many kilometers was it?
1: I made the plan for three months. So I left from Thailand in April. And hopefully that, because garbage... It's held every year, the, the first week of J- July. So I figured that within that three months, it should have enough time to reach there without any problem, just in case if any broke down, any illness or any accident, we'll still be able to uh, have enough time to get the bike repair or continue. But actually, within two months, I, I am already at the border between... E- Uh, St. Petersburg in Estonia.
0: Wow, yeah, you went fast.
1: Even with a 10-day rest in Mongolia, and then I did 10 days in Moscow, and another five days in St. Petersburg, still arriving in two months before crossing into uh, Schengen.
0: So which country would you say made the biggest impression on you, and why?
1: Well, each country gives you a different experience. But out of all I have written, I think China is always on top of the list.
0: Interesting.
1: Because of the different mentality, different rules, different regulation. And because of, you know, because China is a communist country, and certain places in China are more restricted than the others, some are not really a problem that you're crossing into. Once I check into the hotel, right away there'll be military guard coming in to see my passport, to see my visa, to interview my guide. How do I get there? Where's the permission?
0: Everybody knew you were there already.
1: <laughs> of course, because everything needs to be arranged in advance. And certain area in China, they don't even allow a motorcycle to be fueled up at the t- t- uh, fuel station, but. Uh, but again, with this type of restriction, it gives you a very good experience to see the difference between the Western world and the East, Eastern world. And actually, it, it's good when you do traveling. You have to have something so different that it's actually it's out of, out of somebody's mind to tell somebody that when you pull up in a fuel station in China you know, without knowing anything, you know that the fuel attendant is always pointing, just like driving you away. But at the end, what they're telling you is you go park outside the pump and then grab one of those canisters to fill it up openly, and then you know and carry it over to your bike and put it on your bike. Amazing. In the Western world, that would that would be too dangerous to have an open container of fuel in your hands. But in China, it's normal.
0: It's normal, yeah. And is it true that there are certain roads that you can't ride on also on a motorcycle?
1: On highway, you cannot get on. But now things are eased up because more Chin- more and more Chinese are are riding B- big bigger BMWs. The reason it was restricted because previously the, the biggest motorcycle in China or in Asia is only 150cc. And because now BMW are widely sold everywhere, and do they're doing a very good job at marketing for Asian countries. Now those restrictions have started to change because they, you know, the government start to understand that with bigger CC motorcycle, it would be more suitable to be on the highway. But some section of the highways in China still do not allow any motorcycle to be on at all. Amazing. But of course, Chinese people they will just. Uh, break the gate and go in anywhere (laughs) yes yes. to do so which i have many experience that the local people said forget it come on
0: just go you know
1: and and just go exactly yeah and which it would never happen in europe
0: no no absolutely not (laughs) and did you have a guide with you all the way through china was that mandatory was that the law that you had to
1: yes correct The guide will meet us at the border between Laos and China, just to clear custom for us. And then it's mandatory for him to be accompanied with a service vehicle all the way through until the exit point of China into any country.
0: Yeah, so they see you in and they see you out, and I bet they cost a lot of money as well, don't they?
1: Well, actually, for... It'll still be cheaper than cruising around the world on the love boat.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's one way of looking at it for sure. So after all those kilometers and all those weeks away from home, what was the feeling of accomplishment that you got when you arrived in Germany then?
1: Well, I guess some people, you know, when, for example, if you live in a state, just driving across a state line, it will be another accomplishment already for most people because kids, you know, even though most of their life, they only stay within 20 kilometers of their house they never go anywhere.
0: hard to imagine
1: but for me I had experienced the taste of different culture, different people, different countries, different boarding uh, border crossing it, it actually gave me the feeling that it's quite happy to see what is a, what is like next door what is like? you know, across this, you know, the sea. And to be honest, I had no idea it would be possible to do. The route that I have taken, it's, it's so easy, just like doing a normal ride. You know, to be honest, I could swear that I never, got, I never got lost on any of the days on the trip. You know, because of now technology, the offline maps on your mobile, and you know, with Wi-Fi internet in the hotels, it makes it so much easier, and you know exactly where to go and how to get there, and estimated time that you will spend. So it, it makes much make make it much more easier than ten year previously to do.
0: Yeah, for sure. But you're a good navigator, and you're good with technology, and and I've seen a lot of the pictures from that trip, and and it just looked incredible. So just going back to the bike well one of your reasons for picking the uh, F800GS was because it was a new bike and because it was being built in Thailand but were you pleased with your choice of bike for that journey because I know you're a boxer fan so you know it was a it was a different proposition wasn't it taking uh, you know an inline uh, inline bike on the trip arguably an unproven one as well as an adventure bike.
1: Uh, With 800 because it's a new segment and new market for VfW just to make sure that it will, it will grab attention. That's why I have chosen the 800 to do. And it's quite easy because the bike is much lighter and also the height is suitable for, well, actually my size. So that's why I did it and and I, it was a challenge also for me to try to do it with the original equipments and also original accessory that comes with the bike or that sells with the bike rather than modify for a world tour. Just to prove the point that, you know, the bike can be be performed with its own original standard equipment rather than just putting all these modified parts and modified equipment so that it could, you know,
0: did it let you down at all? Uh, did you have any problems? Any? No,
1: nope, I had,
0: I had one puncture.
1: Actually, it was a, a screw uh, that I got in China, which it's remained there until when I was in Mongolia, and in the Gobi Desert, where I took it out, and even today, I still have that screw with me in my toolbox all the time.
0: Fantastic! So no, no technical issues at all with the bike.
1: Nothing, nothing at all. Even the tires, I used the original tire that came from the factory all the way from Bangkok to Germany in one set.
0: That's unbelievable. Yes. That's unbelievable. You must have been uh, yeah, must have been very, very careful with the throttle. They're very good on fuel, aren't they, as well, those bikes with those engines. What about the different qualities of fuel? No issues with that at all? I never have any
1: experience with that because even with Boxer previously with the 1100, 1150, that they all were saying, yeah, oh, yeah, the, the octane would not be enough. You have to buy an octane uh, capsule to put in, blah, 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 blah. But back then, even with the 1150 or 1100 GS, it could go into loud with those one of those uh, hand hand pump, you know, from a canister into the fuel tank. It'd still be okay because I think... BMW know already in mind, kept in mind that the bike will be run around the world which may not have enough sufficient octane in their fuel so that it could run no problem. And also with the, the height or the sea level which doesn't give any effect at all with the, how they set up the bike. Unlike with other brands where when you go out in 3,000, 4,000 meter level. Uh, The throttles and also the the RPM, each different. And nothing like that ever happened on BMWs.
0: Yeah, well, that's brilliant. And it was fantastic to meet you in Garmisch, well, six six and a half years ago now, and to to learn about your story. And it certainly inspired me because it was a brave thing that you did. and, And that trip, it certainly gave you credibility for your work as a tour guide, which is, well, it's what you're enjoying doing these days, isn't it? And of course, not everybody has the time or the money or the inclination for those kind of big solo trips. But fortunately, adventure seekers and long distance riding fans, they can get their fix by joining organised travel tours like the ones you operate looking after groups of riders it's a whole different ball game isn't it prazit i mean it's one that requires a completely different set of credentials to riding solo so what kind of qualities do you think you need to be a successful tour guide
1: well you have to keep in mind that you're not alone and you always, you always have to look out look out for your friends who are riding with you and if 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 you know what's gonna happen, or if this is not the first time you have ridden this route, then you you give suggestion and, uh, and reminders to your friends so that you know safety is the most issue because uh, motorcycle touring is not something like you know quarter mile race tracks. Always keep in mind that you know always remember that I still want to ride tomorrow. You know, because then it'll keep your mind clear of you know the feeling that you want to go faster or you want to achieve a certain angle of bends that you can put on the tires and you know all these things. It's it's all useless I think the important thing is just to get there and be happy of riding it, and you know you will see a lot of different you know ambience and experience along the road. I think that's. That's more rewarding to be able to do that.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Totally agree with you. Now, before starting your own touring company, you'd already worked as a guide for international motorcycle touring companies for some time, so I'm interested to know how long you've been riding BMW bikes. Over 20 years, I think.
1: Maybe 25 now, since 1996 or something like that.
0: You're the only Thai tour guide to be BMW Motorrad certified. So tell us why all BMW riders then should consider a tour to Southeast Asia and Thailand in particular.
1: The environment, the terrain, the road conditions, everything extremely suitable for motorcycle touring riding on GS. Well, even on other bikes it would be wonderful because I think infrastructure in Thailand are now so established that you can have very nice clean hotel very very good food and very beautiful location friendly people and still the cost of doing this is still fairly reasonable and for those who are who love all the bends in the mountains we can have weeks and weeks of mountain riding, you know, as good as in all the Alps in Europe.
0: I think the other thing, of course, is is the climate as well, isn't it?
1: Yes, even now is a high season for Thailand. During November month, December month, the weather still the coldest, maybe eighteen degrees during the day, and Maybe 17 during the evening, so it'll still be perfect for most European and North American (laughs) riders.
0: As I'm looking out of my window now, there's snow on the ground. It's about minus 2 degrees and the thought of 18 degrees. And, uh, yeah, twisty roads in in the hills in Thailand would be absolutely wonderful. So, uh, I mean, I always wanted to go there. And, of course, I I finally got my chance to go to Thailand at the International GS Trophy in 2016. And it was such a beautiful country that I knew I just had to go back. And I did one year later. And um, if you remember, you were instrumental in helping me get my bike across. The border from Myanmar when I didn't have the right paperwork. Well, that's a story for another time. But I was so happy to see your smiling, friendly face on the other side. That's for sure. And I think after that, we hooked up with this fantastic bunch of Portuguese riders and took a trip around Thailand, Laos, and Vietnam. And what a journey that was it was amazing countries all of them i could remember the skirting the chinese border though and just wishing i could nip across but of course i didn't have the right paperwork and you told me back then about a trip you were planning across snow-capped mountains and dense forests to that mythical city of shangri-la did you ever get that tour off the ground then uh
1: yes i have i think for most people the impression of China still are not very good in terms of how you know how they live and with the toilet issue, with all these hotels, with all this food. But now I can commit to you that everything has changed. Now they have clean foreign public toilets along the route. The hotel that they use, are uh, four to five star. You know, and the restaurants that we use along the roads are up to standard now. And I think still with all this bad impression in China, I still believe China is the most exciting place to ride
0: a GS. Interesting. Yeah, I mean... it it's definitely on my bucket list. And and part of the reason that we travel is to take ourselves out, out of our comfort zone anyway. So it is definitely somewhere that, that I'd love to go. So let's be optimistic then for a minute and assume that the world is going to be in a better place in 2022 and beyond, and that f- people will be free to explore again. Whatever places, whatever tours are you planning to offer adventurous riders who may be thinking of coming to your part of the world?
1: Well, Basically, normally I do offer tour in Southeast Asia, in Myanmar, in Laos, in Vietnam, in North Vietnam, in South Vietnam, Cambodia, also, of course, in Thailand. But we do offer have even more lengthy program like 360 Southeast Asia. You can have your bike shipped here to Bangkok. We will do the service of clearing custom for you. And we will guide you through Thailand, now North Vietnam, South Vietnam, Cambodia, and back to Thailand, where the bike can be shipped out by sea. In 2022-23, I'm planning to offer uh, for those who would like to use their, ride, do their own bikes to ride from Asia into Europe. We will also have program from Bangkok to Amsterdam, Bangkok to Paris, Bangkok to the London. Or Bangkok to Milan.
0: Maybe Bangkok to Berlin for BMW Motorrad days. Uh, of course, that's a
1: definite already to do, but I'm saying that, I think. <laughs> what well, we'll offer, at least one trip a year, we will switch. You know, One year we'll go to a different country in Europe. But every, every year we'll start from Bangkok. You can fly your bike in and you can see it in, whatever it is. And, we, you know, we we and our service team plus service vehicle will escort you all the way to, you know, because I think the difficulty is going through China and go to all the start countries. But we we're we're, we should be able to provide all that service for you. And once you reach the European continent, and you can do your own wherever you would like to go.
0: That sounds absolutely fantastic. One of those has got my name on it, that's for sure. So you've travelled so much already, Prazit, but which places are you still curious about? I mean, where do you want to ride next?
1: My bucket list, oh, there's so many places. You know, I want to go everywhere, you know. But I think I, well, the first time when I did uh, Russia and Mongolia, it, it was... it was I, I guess every place is I want to do more than once, because you know you always arrive there first time and you kind of really don't get all the details, and then when you revisit the second time and you say, you know it brings back memory the first time you've been there and you also see something new and you gain additional experience. I, I like I like the idea of that. I don't really I don't really believe that to do once in your lifetime thing. Because I think when you start to, do, well, when you, you can say it once in your life. But when you do it first time, it will never be once in your life. It, it, it's like, a, it's, it's extremely addictive because it's so pleasurable that you, you want to keep doing it and doing it and doing it. And I think, you know, with, with the technology of motorcycle, I think that gives you so much opportunity to explore and actually create happiness. Uh, in your life that you cannot find in other ways
0: totally agree with you on all of the above points 100% profit so where can those people listening who are interested about maybe expanding their own horizons and taking on the challenge of a big trip where can they find out more about these kind of tours browser how can they get in contact with you to to find out more information tell you what their requirements may be and see if there's something that you can tailor to them
1: well, you can contact me on rideasia.com, and and then you know you can send me some message via that email email on that website, and I'll be happy to uh, give you some ideas or to to arrange anything for you if you like. Uh, it will be it will be my pleasure to do so.
0: All right. Well, thanks so much for being our guest today, Prazit. I'm already getting travel withdrawal symptoms just by talking to you like I always do. And I'm feeling like I need to plan another adventure. Who knows? Maybe I'll make it to Everest Base Camp or Shangri-La with you in the near future. Take care, stay healthy and thanks for sharing your stories with us.
1: Thank you, Andy. Hope to see you soon.
0: <laughs> always great to catch up with you, Prazit. And let's not leave it so long next time. Well, if you want to ride Asia, you know where to go, and you'll be in safe hands, I can tell you. Okay, that's enough travel talk for today, as it's making me want to dust down the camping gear. Thanks for listening, and I'll hopefully catch you soon for the next episode of Ride and Talk. Bye for now.